Hello and welcome to the Bible with Megan podcast. My name is Megan and here I talk about the Bible. There are two types of episode in this podcast. The first is where I look at wider themes about the Bible within the Bible, questions about how we should study the Bible and how it relates to our world. The second type of episode are just Bible studies and each week I'll go chronologically through a book of the Bible. The Bible is such a beautiful book and such an incredible gift that we have been given by God and I just hope that in this podcast you will learn to love studying it even more and that it will strengthen your faith. So let's get on with today's episode. What you are about to hear is the audio from a YouTube video. I started this Revelation series over on YouTube. So this is the audio from one of the first episodes. If you want to watch it in video form, I have linked it in the description. But if not, go ahead and enjoy this podcast version of one of the first episodes of this Revelation study series. Welcome back to this week's Bible study. I'm sorry if you can hear rain behind me. I'm hoping it's more ambient than annoying. But this week, I'm going to take these notes on chapter two of the book of Revelation and condense them onto this one sheet of paper. We're going through the messages to the churches in chapters two and three currently. And if you remember from last week, we looked at the six point pattern that is in each of those messages. And uh, number one starts with naming the church. And so today we are off to Ephesus. So before we dive in to the other points that Jesus makes to Ephesus, we'll begin by just getting some context about the city. So John's writing this letter, the book of Revelation, on the island of Patmos and the person who would have delivered it to the mainland would have probably sailed into Ephesus. It was known as a great harbour town. Um, In fact, it was called the Gateway to Asia, which is the area that all these churches are in. As well as this, this city was very kind of politically powerful. It was a free city itself, governed itself. uh, So it had a kind of um, influence. And in the the middle of the city, what the city was known for was the Temple of Artemis. And that was actually one of the seven wonders of the ancient world where they worshipped the goddess Artemis. However, um, despite these things, and sort of actually because of these things in a way, the city was also known for being very immoral, had a high crime rate, and that's because people tend to live very hedonistic lives, so they they sought after pleasure primarily, that was the main goal of their life was pleasure, Um, and so that often didn't always help the other person because people were living kind of this kind of selfish, pleasure-driven lives. So in each of the messages, we get a description of Christ and it relates to what he's going to say to each church. To Ephesus, the description he gives of himself is the one who holds the stars in his right hand and walks among the lampstands. And this is a reference to John's opening vision of Jesus that I did a video on a few weeks ago, if you want to check that out. But we learnt in that video that the stars represent the angels and the lampstands represent the churches. So the point Jesus is making about himself is that he is the head of 
the churches. Um, he is the one with authority here. And also the fact that he's among the lampstands shows that he's in, in the midst of the churches. He knows them. He knows what's going on. And so he's in this position to call them out on their good works and their bad works and give them instruction. So that's what he's going to do now. He is going to tell them their good works and um, commend them for some things. The first thing he commends the church in Ephesus for is patient endurance. Now, you'll remember that I told you to remember that phrase. It's really important in the book of Revelation. The other thing that he commends the church in Ephesus for is for identifying and standing against false teaching. So false teaching is something that is talked about loads in the New Testament. And it's basically teaching that kind of warps the gospel and what it is about. So these people that they're standing against are called the Nicolaitans. And um, they you might have met some people who are like this, actually. They basically believe that because they've been covered in the blood of Jesus, because they've been saved, that's a free pass to live however they want with no consequences. It's what the theologian Bonhoeffer calls cheap grace. And um, that's probably linked to the the city of Ephesus living this kind of hedonistic lifestyle where you can just do whatever they want. Um, so the church in Ephesus was saying, no, that's not what it means. We are saved to live in righteousness. We don't just get, you know, we can don't just do whatever we want. We live for God when we are saved. But he has something against them too. And this is a very serious thing. Um, Jesus says to them that they have forgotten their first love. There's kind of two ideas about what first love is referring to here. Some people think that it is a sort of um, honeymoon period um, where when people first become Christians they're really enthusiastic about it and then it dies out. Um, I'm more inclined to go with the second idea here which is that it is referring to what Jesus cites as the most important commandment, love God, and the second being like it, love your neighbour. And so it suggests that when they, when they began their church, they were doing this really well, and the actions that they did came out of this, but now they've got so focused on calling out this heresy and fighting against it, which, which is a good thing in itself, but because they're not doing it from the motivation of loving God and loving their neighbour, this is a big issue. And it's such a massive of an issue that Jesus says, um, if they don't repent, he will take away their lampstand. He will basically stop them from being a church anymore. That is the level of importance that us as Christians obeying these, these top commandments has. In William Barclay's commentary, he puts it like this. All the orthodoxy in the world will never take the place of love. So we are called to call out false teaching, to stand against it. Jesus says he also hates the Nicolaitans, but we have to do it first and foremost um, with our foundation, with our grounding in those commandments to love God and love our neighbour and everything we do comes out of this place. This is what makes us different from the rest of the world. This is what should make the church in Ephesus stand out from the city of Ephesus. And so Jesus gives these instructions to them. In point five, he says, repent, repent, turn around. Repent means turn around and go back and do those first works that they did at the beginning. So first love isn't just a feeling. It's not just like 
something you sing about or or say to yourself or say in prayer it it manifests itself and works there's things that the church were doing out of these things that um that that was important that jesus wants them to return to as well as calling out the false teaching they must do these other works too that are grounded in love and showing the love of god to those around them And then we end with the conqueror's promise. Um, I'm sorry, I realised I spelt that wrong in my last video. Hopefully it's right this time. The conqueror's promise that is given to the church in Ephesus um, is that if they conquer, if they overcome, if they will have patient endurance to the end, they will eat from the tree of life in the paradise of God. So there's kind of two parts to this. The tree of life... Um, that's different to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that Adam and Eve ate from. Uh, I'm going to link you to a Bible project video on the tree of life so you can have a look at that and the way it kind of, the story of that carries its way throughout the Bible. Um, but we'll see it at the end of Revelation in paradise. So it's saying in the paradise of God you will eat from the tree of life. You will have a spot in the kingdom of God that is coming. So it's an eschatological promise. Do you remember that word eschatological? It just means to do with the end times. So when the new heaven and the new earth come, um, if these people in Ephesus repent and, and come back to their first love and do those first works, Jesus promises them a place in that kingdom. So join me tomorrow. I've got two videos coming out this week and we will go to the church in Smyrna. And I'm just going to leave you with this question from Tom Wright's study of Revelation. The Ephesian believers have drawn a clear line between those who are really following Jesus and those who are not. As all church workers know, a group that is rightly concerned for the truth of the gospel may forget the very heart of the gospel is love. What can we do to maintain this delicate balance between truth and love in our own churches today? Thank you so so much for joining me for today's podcast if you have five minutes to leave a review of this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on that would be really really helpful and it would help more people like us who might enjoy studying the bible to find the podcast and to join us in our journey if you'd like to support me in making this podcast financially you can use the buy me a coffee link that is in the show notes to just donate a little bit towards making these resources you can also follow me over on instagram at bible with megan or one word where i update everything that's going on and have content on there as well so i really look forward to seeing you next time for the next episode of the bible with megan podcast